This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Furrow and this is the founder of Summit Life Ministries, Lynn Furrow. Our mission is to elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose, to equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, and to empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. We're on a faith section again. We're on the fullness of living this faith-filled life. And um, we started last episode talking about the fullness of God and Let's continue. <laughs> yeah, we did not get very far. Got it started a little um, bit. Because <laughs> we were talking about when the church aligns itself with the reality of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. uh, God will show up. Yes. And when we allow ourselves in faith-filled obedience to position our heart uh, to interact with the reality of the realm of heaven, uh, God is going to endorse and enforce his kingdom uh, rights, his kingdom power, Mm -hmm. his kingdom glory. And he desires to do that. I I really want to impart that type of a a vision and understanding to the people of God. We're not waiting on the Lord. The Lord is waiting on us. The eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth. Uh, to find men and women that he can show himself strong on the behalf of. Your God is a God that is is deeply relational and he looks for covenant partners. He looks for those that are loyal to him Mm -hmm. so that he can show his loyalty uh, to them. He spoke to Abraham and he said, I am your shield and your buckler. I'm your defender. I will fight for you. I will come to your aid. I'll come to your defense. I will be your vindicator. Uh, He said, I'm your shield and your buckler. And he said, I am your exceeding great reward. He said, I'm the one that will bless you abundantly. That is the covenant nature of our God in his relationship with his people. But we have to align our hearts in our loyalty, our devotion, our allegiance to him, for him to be able to do what he is so willingly and desirous to do for us. So in the last last episode, I just said that I've been on a teaching theme on Sundays where we've talked about what is still unfulfilled in promises that relate to our salvation and the quality of the salvation experience that we're living. Some of it is yet reserved in heaven for us, under guard by God, who can't wait to reveal it to us. But then there is this treasury and inheritance of what we can experience in our days, in time, while we live by faith on the earth. And so if we see Jesus as an example of what he demonstrated the kingdom of God to be in earth, in time, then that is an invitation for us to also say that's available for us now as well. That it wasn't, again, just uh, reinforcing what we stated last time. It's not just one and done. 
and Jesus was the only one who could exhibit that type of kingdom life and experience. The Bible says that Jesus came that we might have Zoe, God kind of life, and have that type of life in an overflowing fullness, one uh, translation says. Mm -hmm. So God wants our faith to grow and mature so that our faith has an ability to receive all of what God has for us as an inheritance in Christ. So many people I know are tired of me repeating <laughs> this triad of phrases, but here we go again. Our salvation experience includes forgiveness, includes freedom from sin, Satan, and the consequence of the fall, but it also includes fullness. So the first two things that I mentioned, forgiveness and freedom, is what the Lord has delivered us from, where he is leading us out from. But the term fullness, the word fullness, refers to what God is taking us mm -hmm. unto. So I want to read a text today in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And Paul says, If then you have been raised with Christ, and so I want to pause right there, because he he asks this as a as a question, a hypothetical, but knowing what the answer is. Mm -hmm. But he wants to, to interrupt their train of thought in maybe how they're thinking on an earthly level with an earthly perspective, and they haven't renewed their mind fully to heavenly realities. And so he says, if you've been raised with Christ, what's the implication of that? What's the consequence of you being raised with Christ? Have you been raised with Christ? Are you, are you understanding what that means? Because we know that Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he was again raised from something. But he was not just raised from something. He was raised from for something and unto something. Mm -hmm. And that was to live an ascension life because him being raised mm -hmm. with the power of an indestructible life, there was a purpose for his life, a purpose that was driving his life that was going to cause him to go somewhere and that in that place that he was going to ascend to and be exalted to, he was going to live that exalted life, that, that indestructible life. He was going to live it on our behalf for us so that we could be resourced from that place in and through his life so that we could be raised with him so that we could ascend with him, that we could be seated together with him, that we could be made the head, 
not the tail. We would be above, not beneath or below, that we could live a life that we could have never attained by ourselves. And so his ascension, his coronation, his exaltation, you know, his seating at the, at the right hand of the Father, receiving the highest favor of God, him uh, being blessed with all of the richness and the riches of heaven and all that the Father's kingdom entailed, Jesus became the appointed heir of all those things. Now you go, well, rightly so, because he was the only begotten son of the father and, and you know, Jesus is God, rightly so, Lynn. The twist of this uh, truth, though, is that Jesus now appears in heaven differently than the way he left. Mm-hmm. And, and if we do not, understand this or comprehend it. We will miss the profound nature of what Jesus has done for us. And people have missed it because they've just deferred all of this truth that you're getting ready to unpack more of to when we get to heaven. Jesus has done this and it's waiting in heaven for us. But what about now? In, in episodes long, long ago, <laughs> in a season far, far away, you know, we talked about how Jesus unraveled the web of deception, the chains of bondage, where Satan had intertwined his fate and destiny with mankind. So that whatever fate he was going to experience, you know, it was going to thwart the purpose and the plan of God that God had in mind for man and that, you know, again, he was going to try to leverage this situation to either detain or defer his judgment because to judge mankind mm-hmm. meant that, uh, or to judge Satan meant that mankind would suffer the same fate as Satan, but then also to show mercy to man meant that God would be open and exposed to a, uh, a, an accusation by Satan of injustice, that they committed the same type of transgression. And how dare you let them off scot-free while you're going to punish me uh, with the eternal fires of hell. Mm-hmm. And so we see that Jesus came and he redeemed mankind, but severed the, the co-joined destiny that man shared with, with man. And he did it through death. And I'm not going to go back and reteach that. But here is the flip side of a truth coin. Just as Jesus separated mankind's destiny from Satan, Jesus, who is God, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. And the reason why he was there in the beginning and was with God because he was God. And the word, God became flesh and dwelt among us. But when he took upon human flesh, that was not a temporary arrangement for him. 
We should be overwhelmed at the mercy of God. We should be overwhelmed by understanding that God has chosen to conjoin himself with man to redeem us. And he will never, ever divest himself of his human nature. He is one person, has two distinct natures. He's the God-man. He, 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 he did not give up his divinity. It's still fully there, fully God. But listen, he is fully man. So just as he separated his, uh, our fate and our destiny from Satan, he fused his life, the life that he would live for eternity, after his ascension, after his resurrection, he has fused his life with mankind. That's why the book of Hebrews is some of the most potent and powerful truths mm -hmm. when it says he is the one who passed through the heavens and he was seated and he's become the apostle of our profession. But it says now he acts as a faithful high priest, and he lives forever to make intercession on our behalf. He's there as a human representative representing the human family, mm -hmm. saying, I know what it's like to be like them. I know how they are tempted. I know how they are tested. I know how they're susceptible to weakness. Because it said that he likewise took upon human flesh, was tempted and tested just like we are in every single way, yet without sin. Mm -hmm. But then it goes on to say, therefore, he is sympathetic. He is moved with compassion for us. And that compassion for us knowing our weakness and what it's like to live in a fallen world, uh, you know, among fallen men in a weak and broken condition. He is able to effectively mediate and intercede and making sure that the, the heavenly resources that are needed not just to sustain us, mm -hmm. but intervene in real time in our life, pouring forth grace upon grace of the, the fullness of his life. We have all received grace upon grace. So every day, most of the time, uh, my heart is just overwhelmed and filled with awe of the goodness the graciousness and the kindness of God. And in, in, in individuals that I find that battle with religious mentalities, and religious mentalities are influenced by religious spirits that want to combat what we believe about the character and the nature of God. Mm -hmm. And so when you start talking about the goodness of God, and you start talking about the grace of God. In many people, there is this combative thing that they'll say, 
You know, you're, you're one of these people that are preaching greasy grace and you're over, you're overemphasizing the goodness of God. And somehow they feel like we're offending God's holiness and that we're taking advantage of his goodness because we're, we're not a fully appreciate, appreciative of it. And that somehow by emphasizing his goodness that we would be violating you know, the, the, the glory of his holiness. No, no, no. You need to understand I have a more profound awe and appreciation. and appreciation knowing how holy he is and how unlike he is to mankind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But all that the transcendent, of, transcendent God would be imminent that he would be near, he would even come close, that he would draw nigh, that he would be willing to strip himself of his glory and leave his throne and to come down to that which he had created. For the sake of you. For the sake of us. No, please don't tell me I cannot talk about the goodness of God because somehow it would would offend our sensibility about God's holiness. Oh no, they 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 are one in the same. The goodness of God is an expression of the holiness and holiness means that God is unlike any other. He is he is transcended above all that he has created. And so the goodness of God has to be emphasized, has to be expressed. And yes, there are people that become too familiar. I understand that. But what we do is we make the exception the rule. Instead of understanding there are exceptions to the rule. And But for me, I am overwhelmed by the message of the gospel of grace. The, the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, my brothers... Uh, and sisters, we need to root ourselves around a reality that is now um, for 2,000 years has been a new reality in heaven. Yeah. Where, where the Holy of Holies was the domain of God and angels. God and angels, yep. Spirit beings only. But now the sons of Adam that fallen race, there was one among men that was worthy and that was brought near to the throne of God. And he was crowned, crowned king of not only this realm, the earthly realm, but also in heaven itself. So you and I have to reorient how we view life around his life. And so when we pray, let your kingdom come, I'm not just saying let your kingdom come and help out my kingdom. Let your kingdom come and make improve my life. I'm saying, Jesus, I want the reality of your rule and your reign and what life is like for you to permeate and have preeminence and dominion over every one of my thoughts, over every one of my actions, and over all the earth in every aspect of life here on earth. Let the life 
and the influence of Jesus, our King, permeate the world in which we live. Because right now, Jesus reigns. Yes, he does. He reigns. And so we want his reign to have the greatest influence over our lives. We love you, and we're going to pick this up in the next episode. But we are wanting our, our faith to be influenced by the reality of truth. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, rehearing the Word of God, having the Word of God heard again in our hearts. Because the devil wants to mask and screen this reality from us. He wants us to live disconnected from heaven. He wants there to be a great disconnect in our heart, our attitude, our thinking, our mindsets. He wants us to think that Jesus is a million, billion, trillion miles away from us and 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 we've been left here to hold the fort until he comes back and uh, you know rejoice over forgiveness and rejoice over some dimensions of freedom that we have from the power of sin and and Satan's clutches. But God wants us to have a faith that is matured to fight and to contest for fullness, where we're living out the highest level on this side of the full potential of what we can experience as the sons and daughters of God on this side. And that we are contesting and contending for every promise that Jesus demonstrated, that he left us and that he demonstrated was possible for us to experience within our life. I wanna receive and live out the life that he promised to give us. And that is a life that is overflowing with his life and his fullness. Well, bless you guys. Let's pray before we yes. finish. Father, we want this life. We want the fullness of the life of your spirit in us. Lord, we want to experience you now in a greater and greater way. We want our faith to grow. So we yes, say Jesus. yes to your truth in our lives. Yes, um, we want to receive the grace that you're bringing to us to know you in a greater way and to express you more and more in our lives. Lord, we need all that you have and all that you've provided. God, thank you for causing our faith to arise, to receive it and to walk in it and to give you what you want in us here. We want to be your people here. We want to express your life here and not live our life, but live your life here and let your life be seen, that you can be glorified, Jesus, that you can draw all men into yourself. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing and what you have already accomplished and that we can, from that place of your work and your accomplishment, we can rest and we can live yes, and express Jesus. your life so thank you for that work god that you we have begun you. and that you we are completing you, and and doing in our lives in jesus name we love you, thank you for joining us for thank the age changer god. show if you can share um like this video and share it then we will um share it with those that you know and they can be blessed also with the word if you have any questions or comments you can put those below and if you have any other questions and you want to check out more about Summit Life Ministries, you can look at summitlifeministries.com. God bless you. Bless you.
What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.